You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, October 31st. I'm Donald Ware. Happy Halloween. Be safe when you're out and about, whether with your children, trick-or-treating, or out on the roads driving. Beware of the children and families that are trick-or-treating. So on today's edition of the Box to Row HBCU Football Daily Podcast, we're going to take a look at one of our Box to Row National Games of the Week, North Carolina A&T at South Carolina State. And essentially the loser of this game, I mean, is not automatically out of the MEAC race. I said, I've said that the MEAC race this year will could be zero losses. That's not going to be the case because, again, even if Florida A&M doesn't lose a football game this year, they're ineligible for the MEAC uh, crown and for the Celebration Bowl. So, obviously, this year, one loss uh, is could win the MEAC, possibly two, but I don't think it's going to be two losses. I think it's going to be one. So, the loser of this game uh, would be with North Carolina Central, provided that the Eagles uh, win this weekend with uh, currently, but the Eagles currently have two losses in MEAC play. So, for South Carolina State, one of the things that South Carolina State does, and by the way, big victory over Bethune-Cookman, it was homecoming in Daytona Beach, is Bethune-Cookman stops the run. Second in the conference in terms of rushing yards against 96 yards is all that opponents are averaging rushing the football against South Carolina State. So South Carolina State, from a defensive perspective, likes to stop the football. The issue with South Carolina State defensively, and they've got a pretty solid defense overall, but the issue is the Bulldogs do not do a good job of stopping the passing attack uh, attack of various football teams. And I think, you know, the Bulldogs may have a little bit uh, of a – a hard time stopping North Carolina A&T's passing attack. The thing that the Aggies like to do, the Aggies like to run the football. John Main Martin last week, three more rushing touchdowns. He's got 14 rushing touchdowns on the season. He by far leads the conference in rushing. So A&T likes to rush the football. But the thing about it, A&T can also pass the football. And A&T, while if you looked at the numbers for A&T, they don't, you know, it's not like they're passing for a whole bunch of yards. It's not a whole lot of attempts during the course of a football game. But the but A&T can be efficient in terms of passing the football. You look at the quarterback, Khalil Carter. He was 9 of 13 last week passing. He had two touchdowns and no interceptions. It's just that A&T beat Howard so bad that the Aggies did not have to pass the football on, yes, on, uh, on last Saturday. So it's one of those deals where A&T, I think, can 
and will be looking to put the football in the air, not that it's going to look to disband the run because that's the bread and butter of A&T. The offensive line is is really, really good. Um, it, talking with Sam Washington, the head football coach, he really likes what the receivers bring to the table in terms of downfield blocking. Big receivers in Elijah Bell and Zachary Leslie who go 6'3 and 6'4 respectively. So a and definitely going to be able to, uh, where they're going to look to run the football where South Carolina State is tough against the run, but the Aggies could have some success in the passing game. Khalil Carter and I mentioned Zachary Leslie who has really come on as of late back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. And, of course, Elijah Bell uh, continues to get it done as well. Uh, smaller corners, uh, no match for the bigger Aggie receivers. So when you look at it from that perspective, if A&T is going to have some success, and I think they still could have success in the run game, they're going to uh, look to have some success in the passing game. When you look at South Carolina State's offense, it's uh, it, it, it's a couple of quarterbacks. You know, Tyrese Nick, uh, Corey Fields. Uh, the South Carolina State uses uh, two quarterbacks, if you will. The main guy had been Tyrese Nick. He's more of a runner and definitely presents some problems with his legs. Not as accurate as a passer, especially if you talk with Buddy Pugh. He'll tell you that straight up, but... He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Like Tyrese Nick doesn't make a lot of mistakes, even though he's not the most accurate passer. So uh, with that, uh, a solid running game for South Carolina State as well. If you're A&T's defense, A&T first and foremost likes to stop the run, giving up in excess of 90 yards rushing per game. So that's what A&T is going to want to be able to do to stop the run and force South Carolina State to beat A&T with its passing game. Um, A&T, not great against the pass. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, Maybe you saw some improvement against Howard. Really hard to tell, although if you hold a guy like Kyle Anthony to only three receptions, you're doing something pretty big. You go back two weeks ago, Florida A&M, and uh, Ryan Stanley had a field day against the A&T defense, the pass defense, that is. So, A&T going to definitely look to stop the run, but South Carolina State could have some success in the passing game. It has always been tough for A&T to go to Orangeburg and play this football game, although if you look um, at the last two meetings, A&T has won the last two meetings, including going back to 2015 when it looked like South Carolina State had the game wrapped up in the bag. If you remember the fake punt, and the rest really is history because if that doesn't happen for A&T, A&T may not be the A&T we see today. And then ultimately A&T was down at that point on the fake punt late in the game. Khalil Carter as a uh, as a freshman, a true freshman uh, during that time, drives A&T down the field, game-winning uh, field goal, uh, even though South Carolina State had a chance to make a field goal to win the football game, missed it, and ultimately A&T won that football game. I mean, so when you think about A&T, um, A&T uh, has won the last four meetings, at least the last four meetings between the two teams. Again, I think you're going to see South Carolina State take it up a notch in this football game. The interesting question is, what will A&T do? How will A&T respond, especially with the game being in Orangeburg? I expect to see a solid Aggie crowd there, but 
you know, the Bulldogs uh, uh, faithful uh, hasn't been in attendance at the games the last uh, couple of years like you're used to seeing or like I had used to be seeing uh, in Orangeburg. I mean, for me at one time, you talk about one of the best atmospheres in all of college football. You're talking about Orangeburg, uh, especially when big time opponents come in. So with South Carolina State playing well and uh, A&T also playing well in the magnitude of this football game. I think you're going to see a very good crowd uh, in Orangeburg. Obviously, I'm not going to give you a prediction in terms of who will win and by what score on this particular football game. Uh, just tune into the game. It's going to be a great football game at Bulldog Stadium in Orangeburg, South Carolina. That's a look at one of the Box to Row National Games of the Week on tomorrow going to preview the game between savannah state and fort valley state the game is going to be played in savannah georgia expect a big crowd in savannah for that football game uh with the siac eastern division championship perhaps hanging in the balance still one more week of siac football remaining don't forget to tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast or tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where you can listen online at BoxToRow.com. Also, you can download the podcast every time at BoxToRow.com. As a matter of fact, we have podcasts going all the way back to 2017 when we started this podcast. So got some really good stuff. We get down and dirty uh, when it comes to to HBCU football and really uh, breaking down the X's and the O's and what's going on in the world of HBCU football. Talk with you tomorrow. So we speeded up the pace, took a look back, and he was right before our face. We were in for a no doubt. So I swung and tried to take him out. He was going down, we planned, but this wasn't no ordinary man. He stood about six or seven feet. Now that's the creep I be seeing in my sleep. So we triple teamed on him. Dropping them fifth ward bees on him. The more I swung, the more blood flew. Then he disappeared, then my boys disappeared too. Then I felt just like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as death on the streets. My hands were all bloody from punches on the concrete. Aw oh man, homie. My mind is playing tricks on me.